podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ready to go the extra mile in a Volvo Mild Hybrid SUV this summer? No plug-in required. Whether you go to the mountains this summer, the ocean, or somewhere in between, Volvo Mild Hybrid technology adds to a more refined driving experience so you can summer safely. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com. Five-year plan podcast. Wee. Hey. Little clap in there. Um, it's pod four one eight. Three games to review. I think. I think that's the first time we've ever had three games to review in the weekly pod when it was fortnightly. I think we did a few back in the championship, but this is uh, uncharted territory, and I'm delighted to be sailing through those choppy waters with Jack Pierce. Hello, Captain. <laughs> That came out weird. I, I'm not even going to cut that. I'll leave it here. I'd, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. Hi, it's because you've got the headphones on. It's because you got the... <laughs> I know, but yeah. I was trying to go down like Captain Pugwash vibes, but uh, uh, I'll, I'll stay away. Anyway, how are <laughs> you? Hello, hello to you. Hello to... Hello to... <laughs> oh, and um, also here, Don Fifield. Hello to you. I'm so glad you didn't preview that. <laughs> yeah. Roger yeah. the cabin boy or... <laughs> <all the lights>. <laughs> <laughs> And everyone else is now thinking of the other ones from Captain Bunker. Yes, we won't yes. say. We well, won't, I am, yeah. we won't say. <laughs> that we can't say in 2022. Yeah. No, we can't. Probably couldn't say in 1992 whenever it was either. But um, let's listen. We've got loads to get through. Three games, two wins and a draw. So no, not, not a bad return, but uh, lots to talk about. Before we do that, uh, drum roll for a random patron, please. Uh, it's zero. Zero. That's it. Hello, wow. Zero. Hello. Hello, Zero. Hello, Zero. Zero, who messaged me the other day saying, who did the theme to the podcast? And I said, it was actually the one and only Andy Street. And Zero said, has he got any other music available online? <laughs> and uh, I haven't replied yet. But no, Zero, he doesn't. This is from his uh, DJ days back in the day. But unfortunately, he has got a much more sensible uh, now, unfortunately. Um, if you want to... Street music, if you will. Very good. Very good. You've saved me from my captain intro. Um, if you want to join the patron uh, like Zero and get all the rewards, including post-match podcast three this week, uh, patron-only merchandise, access to the Discord club, you can join at patreon.com slash FYP podcast. Um, and this week we are making the winners and losers section available to everybody. Uh, but if you want to hear that most weeks, do sign up to the patron. That is normally patron only. Um, and yeah, if you want to hear multiple post-match pods, do sign up to the patron. Uh, no sponsor this week. We're sponsor-free. Uh, but that does mean um, if you are a sponsor out there, a local company to Palace or Croydon or South London, and you'd like to sponsor the pod, we have very competitive rates. Please do get in touch at contact at fypfanzine.uk and I can send you our media pack and stuff. Um, so, yeah, we would love some more sponsors. Hey, JD, you sounded a bit too happy about the fact you've not got a sponsor there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not happy at all. Um, and I need to... Uh, feed my child um but anyway if you are a local company you will notice that we try and keep the sponsors palace related people so uh, if you are local and palace for related, three pounds a month you could feed <laughs> jd and family <laughs> i'll have to put some piano music under that quick step 
quick, quick admin. Thank you to people that have bought tickets to my um, London gig on uh, March 24th, Thursday, March 24th, 7 p.m. at the Museum of Comedy. Uh, tickets still available if you want to come along. The show's called Football and Fatherhood. It's about football and fatherhood. That's what it says in the tin. Uh, tickets are eight quid or two for 12 with the code Cascarino. Uh, so go to the Museum of Comedy.com uh, or jimdailycomedy.com slash gigs to get a ticket for that. And I'd love to see you there. Uh, right, Jack. Three games to get through. Watford, 4-1 victory in the week. Burnley, one all draw at the weekend. And then a 2-1 FA Cup victory against Stoke to have Patrick Vieira's Palace into the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Before we talk about... I, I basically, we're not going to go through every game. I've picked out some talking points that are, seem relevant for all three games. We'll go on to that. Before I do that, Performances in yes, we've got some good results in these games. Performances, I know people haven't been quite convinced about the performances in these games, the last three games. So my question to you is quite an open opening question. Bearing in mind we're in the quarterfinal of the cup, 12 from the table, and it's the start of March. Are things really as bad as a lot of us seem to think they might be? Short answer, no. And and truthful answer is no. I think if at the start of this week. If last Wednesday lunchtime you'd said to me four points and progression through to the FA Cup quarterfinal, I'd have bitten your hand off. Um, and I think maybe, and myself included, I was I actually got accused on Saturday of being too negative by the bloke who stands in front of me in the second half, which was a <laughs> enjoyable, awkward, very slow walk back up the Homestale <laughs> steps. <laughs> and, you know, you're thinking, I want to get away as quickly as possible. But the, the guy was just still there. I was like... See you, see, see you then. See you for the next game. Bye. <laughs> have, a, have a nice, have a nice, have a negative, have a nice time. Have, have, yeah, I tried to be really positive about the weather or something like that to kind of get him back on side. Um, but uh, so yeah, so including myself, I think there have been elements of the, particularly the last two performances, the Burnley game and the Stoke game, where the performances haven't been particularly fantastic and, and certainly haven't been uh, of the same calibre of some of our more um, enjoyable performances uh, that, that we experienced at the start of the season. Even in games where we didn't perhaps take all three points, um, we were still perhaps playing slightly better football um, and, and perhaps more looks of a coherent unit across the pitch maybe. But again, you know, it's a, it's a results business and we delivered four points and progression in a cup competition to the point where we're one match away from, from a semi-final at Wembley. So it can't be bad. Um, but there are still questions uh, that fans will will have about Vieira, his approach to team selection, um, tactics. But that's the same probably in any season with any manager. I think it's probably just because yeah. he's new and he started so positively um, uh, and probably exceeded expectations from the, from some of the fans um, at, at the start of the season that maybe some fans are having the questions now that they might have had earlier in the season, if that makes sense. That's the kind of how I'm thinking about it and how me and my mates were talking about it last night. Um, but yeah, I, I think we've just got to be relatively pleased where, where we're at. I think we're quite secure in terms of, of the, the viewpoint that we have from the relegation battle. And we, we overcame a stubborn Stoke side last night who, you know, made it a much more difficult game. Than I think many Palace fans thought it would be. Um, but here we are in the FA Cup quarterfinals and Spurs aren't who did not overcome championship opposition last night. So yeah, I, I got, you've got to be relatively pleased, but I think it's still fair to have questions. I think there are questions um, that, that are still outstanding and, and maybe Vieira will answer them between now and the end of the season. 
Well, let me, Dom, put a question to you from Vintage 805 Scoots, who um, I might get try and get to sponsor the podcast. I was going to say, that sounds like a prime sponsor. It really does. It, a pallet, I'm guessing that he's got like a Palace-coloured uh, scooter of some sort. Um, <laughs> another slow start for Palace. What's up? What up with that? It's a very 80s-themed question. <laughs> What's up with that? Uh, discuss, please, says Vintage 805. Um, I, I think, Dom, it is not... It's not an unfair position to be in as a fan to be slightly worried with these trends, like Vintage, Vintage says, a slow start. But the facts will say, as as uh, Jack says, that we are in mid-table and in the FA Cup as well. Where do you sit on the sort of barometer of, uh, I guess, negativity? Well, I can only assume that Scootsy, as we call him, um, is uh, referring to the Stoke game because we were we took the lead early in the other two matches, so we didn't have slow starts in those games. Um, I think there was a it was slow yesterday, but it was it was Palace in control. It was one of those ones, a bit like a bit like Norwich, really, without the forty five second concession, where Palace just monopolised the ball, but seemed I wouldn't say clueless, but found it very difficult to unlock what was a set of essentially blanket defence. Um, and you'd expect Stoke to turn up and do that. And that's a problem that, that a lot of Premier League clubs will have against against um, against stubborn opponents. I mean, Manchester City, even with changes to their team, went in at half-time, nil-nil against the worst team in the Championship yeah. on, on Tuesday night. So, you know, I, I, think, I think I think Jack's right in... in to to say that it's time to be quite realistic about where Palace are seven months into Patrick Vieira's time as as manager, um, with that that should bring its own well caveats basically. I mean that we, we have to we have to take into account that okay he got off to a to what felt like a a a quick start, but we'd only won three games by November, so it wasn't that quick a start. We're okay, we we'd thrown away a few points by then, but. But I, I actually think that, that in terms of in terms of the position in the table, I think it's deceptive slightly. I think we're eleventh actually. But but if you look at the, the the teams around us and the amount of games they've got in hand, we're not going to be eleventh for very much longer. We're probably going to drift towards the thirteenth, fourteenth position, which is I think probably where Palace are in their in in their development. Um, and and they have been indeed for the last two seasons as well with a, with a very different squad. Um, I think this as people have been at pains to point out that I mean not least today if Palace finished 14th this season it would have been far more entertaining 14th a place finish than it would have been the last two years but you know you, you have to make your own judgments on on progress um in that context but I I, I don't think I don't think you can be too negative uh, uh, you know I, last night wasn't a, a good performance but it was a winning performance we've been saying plenty of times this season that we've played very very well and not been winning yeah well, last night we played poorly and managed to to find a win. But but likewise, it's absolutely the right thing that we should be asking questions of the management, and not not being overly critical. But every manager out there needs to be scrutinised for all the decisions yeah. they make, whether they're you know experience of forty years or experience of seven months. I mean, you have they're in excellent positions. These guys they're in privileged positions. There is a massive competition for these positions to be a manager in the Premier League. So it's right that they are scrutinised and all their decisions are scrutinised. And, you know, why are we not playing Chiquiate against Burnley? Why are we playing three left-backs against Stoke? I mean, these are these are absolutely right that they should be sparking a debate. That's not being overly critical of Patrick Vieira. I think he's, I think he's actually done a, a good job and, and we are progressing. Um, I'm not sure 
we're, we're progressing as a group. Whether the actual style of play is progressing is another debate. You know, you can argue that that yeah, we're not being as expansive. That, that the best performances this calendar year have been in defeat to 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 West Ham United and Liverpool for mm. periods of those games, or fifteen minutes at Millwall. Um, you know, we haven't really sparked in in other matches, or certainly imposed ourselves as we did earlier in the season in some games earlier in the season. But again, that's probably just two teething problems and 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 the need to balance. You know players who are coming back into into the team after AFCON, after COVID, after long injuries with hamstring yeah. problems since November. These, these are all factors that you have to take into account. And I think generally speaking, Palace are mid-table, they're well away from the relegation struggle and they're in, potentially you know, they're in the quarterfinal of the FA Cup with potential trips to Wembley to come. So let's be thankful for that. I think that's absolutely fair. And I think you're absolutely right to, to say that managers should be scrutinised. And I said this on the post-match pod last night, available at patreon.com, um, that... Uh, this is first season, so talk to me in a year's time. And if Vieira is still manager in a year's time, which I genuinely hope he is, and I think most Palace fans do, um, and we're still having the same teething problems, and there are still questions about the forward line and, and the questions about the style of football, then I think that's more of a pertinent time to maybe ask more serious questions. But I think you're absolutely right that this is uh, first season and 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 um, a part of the transition and the progress. But it's not, you know, we are fans and we're allowed to ask questions. Um, David Cousins, speaking of questions, uh, David. hello, David, says every Palace fan comes away from a game we just lose quite positive about the performance and when we win but don't play well they seem more negative my question is will Palace fans ever be happy or are we all doomed to the rest of our lives I mean David you should know by now that the answer is doomed surely come on I'm sure you've been a Palace fan long enough now um but I've got a more serious question for you Jack from uh Chris Lehman aka the editor of the one more point fanzine uh oh, which Chris, I think Chris. had an issue, an issue out last couple of games um actually so I uh, hope uh, our listeners bought a copy if not i'm sure it's available at the weekend at wolves but i will find out um was that the biggest game of patrick vieira's managerial career in terms of stature and in fact jack i will widen that question for you a little bit and say was it actually the biggest week of patrick vieira's managerial career i was gonna say i think if you broaden it out to the week it certainly is i think we said on, on on this main pod and then on on the pod extra you guys said and I think on, on our various Palace podcasts this week was a pretty important week for Palace as a season. If we come away from this um two Premier League matches in the FA Cup tie out of the FA Cup and with maybe either one or no points from those two games, this would be a pretty negative place for us to be in. However, um we've negotiated those two two games uh, in the league without either of those teams making up any ground on us and we have avoided going out to a lower league opposition so I think if if this week was to be the most pinnacle uh, so I can't remember the word that was used but if, if this was the most important week of mm. of the season for Vieira then he probably has passed it that I don't think you could say he hasn't because of, of how we've come out of it um, but uh, yes there are questions still from it so yeah, he hasn't part, perhaps passed it with flying colours, but he's passed it nonetheless and, and we're in the the good place that we are. Um, last night was an interesting one. I, I maybe the, the, at half-time, the, the, there were some murmurings. I think there was some feeling that um, his movement, particularly the front line in that first half, um, did leave people a little bit confused as to what was going on. And there were murmurings at half-time as to, to questioning the management team and, and what was going on there. Um, but we got through it. So by hook or by crook, we're in the quarterfinals and uh, whether IU should have been playing at a 10 for, for the middle part of that match or not, he did and we're through. Um, and I hope Vieira is better for 
seeing that and experimenting with it. Um, but yeah, we, we we got through it. I think that's the that's that's all there is to say from my perspective on that week. No, I think that's fair. And I, I mean, I often have weeks at work like that where you think I just got to get through it. And uh, you know, I guess in a way, it was kind of like that for Fiera and the team this week. Weddings are a celebration of finding the perfect fit. And with Indochino, you can design a custom suit made to your measurements. Go to indochino.com and use code PODCAST for 10% off any order of $3.99 or more. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. It's funny, isn't it, how sometimes seasons and regimes and managerial spells can sometimes boil down to a game, a couple of games. I remember, I remember thinking at Watford, I went to the Watford game last Wednesday. I missed Connor's goal because I went to buy a vegan pie and I had a wee and it was very badly timed. Um, but uh, I remember thinking at half time, this is a big 45 minutes for Vieira. I mean, this is huge. And if they get through this and they don't throw it away, then it sets themselves up nicely, which they did. But it's funny how things can boil down sometimes to a game or a week. And as Jack says, really, if you look, the history books will show that Vieira did pass that test and they might not have been pretty and it might, Vieira ball, you know, quote unquote, might not be where it was, we thought it was two or three months ago, but he has passed that test and he's, and he's given himself really a decent platform for the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Four points um, from, uh, from those two matches. Yeah. Uh, excellent. I mean, I don't think I mean the Watford performance was was good and it and it 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 demonstrated that we do have it in us to be ruthless and we we can still cut teams open on the counter but but maybe we can only do that against teams as poor as Watford I mean possibly I mean that might be a caveat again there <laughs> Burnley Burnley was a very different challenge Burnley when when Palace played them were on a bit of a roll Burnley had a bit of belief about them yeah and I think that you know you could you can argue that the um 
there was frustration at the end at, at the at the team selection, and I've you know already mentioned Kiate's non-involvement from the start in that game. But actually, at halftime, you, you you know allied with a bit of regret that we hadn't been more ruthless then and taken some of the half chances that we created. Um, it had clearly surprised Burnley how Palace had approached the match with with Zaha as as the striker and and sort of diminutive, quick, skillful players. Uh, buzzing around around him. Um, ultimately, when when you concede the, the equaliser and you can't force through a win that you probably fully merited, then you know, that brings a bit of frustration. But you know, it's still not a bad point. It still keeps a, a, a distance with those from the bottom. And and, and the fact that Burnley have then gone off and and lost at home to Leicester, yeah. um, I think is probably. I know Leicester now draw level with us apart from on goal difference, but but actually, you know, we want to we want that distance maintained between us and Burnley. But that's the bottom line. We want we need the bottom three to stay to stay distant. So yeah, I mean, I don't know whether it was the biggest man- week in his managerial career. They might be pushing it. I think Nice Nice qualified for Europe. I mean, I'm sure he had some pretty big occasions against Marseille and people like that. All in, right, I should have carried that maybe Palace Palace career. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and he's but yeah, he's he has come he has come through it. Um, you know, it's but again, I go back to the, the point is, you know, the fact that it hasn't been completely convincing all the way through, and and that there's still stuff to for us to debate and for supporters to be frustrated about, and for the management to be frustrated about. He was the most critical of that performance last night. He yeah, came yeah, out in his press conference, absolutely lambasted them, so they were rubbish, yeah. basically. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's, but that's good. That's healthy. Yeah. That's He's good. That he recognizes yeah. it. I yeah, mean, yeah. it's you'd want to be in that position. You don't. It's not. It wasn't going to be the finished article in seven months. The hope is though that there was going to be a, a sort of progression in style, and the players were going yeah. to be more familiar with how they want to do it, and they would have more, you know, ammunition to how, how they could hurt teams. And I think that's where that's where there is a slight concern at the moment because, you know, as a few people have pointed out, I think I think performances maybe aren't quite as as convincing now as they were. But maybe that's because teams looked at this in the first half of the season and suddenly realised how we want to play, and so they shut yeah. us down. I mean, that's another factor that happens quite a lot with uh, with clubs who who shock a division with the way they're playing. And it's usually newly promoted teams, but Palace were in effect with a new squad were pretty much a newly promoted team when they came up um, at the start of this season under Vieira. So. It's all it's all completely understandable and all to be expected. It's it's still a matter of patience and waiting to see what happens. Yeah, patience, of course, uh, definitely a quality that most football fans have. Um, let's before we uh, there's loads of questions about the strikers. As you can imagine, I think they're going to crop up in our winners and losers. So I'm going to save them for part two. Um, just really quickly, then, Jack, we might have a new nickname for Patrick Vieira potentially because two people have uh, sent us in questions. Big Al Palace. Hello, Big Al. Hi, Big Al. And Spoonbill McCumpty. Oh, there he is. Regular. Oh, there he is. And they've both said, well, here we go. Let's do uh, Spoonbills. Is Vieira fast becoming the Tinker Man? Very rare. We have the same team two names in a row. And what's with the odd subs? And Big Al says four points in the league, still in the cup, but performances against Bernie's don't not really up to scratch. What do you think about Super Pats tinkering in the league? Resting Hughes and Kiata for Burnley seemed an odd decision. Is he, is he the new Tinker Man? In, in French, tanker. He's a tanker. Tank, tanker. <laughs> You've got a French accent. I can't say that. That no, that actually we're creeping into people. Will like, through that. I want to look it up in my uh, Collins. You look up. All right, you look up the French word for tinkering, and we'll we'll call it we'll call that this week's pod uh, title. Um, it, is is he becoming the new the new tinker man? Do you think, Jack? He certainly doesn't seem convinced with a particular starting eleven. He doesn't have a go-to starting eleven <clears throat> like we he? might have had. Why under... should he? 
Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. But he's seven months in. And how many games has he managed? Has he managed 30 games, 30 competitive games? Name, you, name you a manager in the Premier League that plays the same team every week. Roy Hodgson. But anyway, that's... Uh... <laughs> well, you could... Jack, barely in the Premier League. We said this on the pod last week. I guess it depends on sort of how you look at things. You could, you know, yeah. a, a glass half full, glass half empty. You could I, look I at it at great to have the options or, you know, that it's a problem. 100%. I, I think there's... And as Dom just touched on his last point, there's so many new faces to this squad and, and identifying where they work best within the squad, identifying who works best. What he has kept true are his two centre-backs. He hasn't, you know, that, that's, that's clearly somewhere of the pitch where he is happy. Um, I think where fans sometimes do look at tinkering, and, and as Dom alludes to, every manager tinkers, but often it's the core of the team where there perhaps is a bit more consistency. And the fact that, you know, I don't think you'd have, spoken to a Palace fan before Burnley who wouldn't have thought Czech would have started. There might be mitigating reasons why Czech didn't start. Might be that returning from AFCON and playing a succession of games in a quick period wanted to be managed and maybe he wanted him for Stoke. Maybe that that perhaps was a, a consideration he made. The, the issue about striker again, you would think that after a relatively short period of time, but he still would know who he wants to go through the middle, but um, he doesn't. But no, I don't think it's a, it's an issue necessarily um, to to change your starting 11 for, for me, what is slightly confusing is, is how regularly he's, he's changing the starting 11 during a match. I mean, I touched on it after the Brentford game, but I think he gave Edward about 12 or 13 minutes at the start to go through the middle, then realized that he wasn't happy with it and put Wilf through the middle and then switched again before halftime. And then at halftime, um, Wilf, uh, was coming out and Vieira pulled him back for a quick chat. And then v- Wilf and Edward had to swap literally as they were about to kick off. Um, and again, we saw it last night with, um, as I mentioned, IU going centrally um, and Elise going right, which actually did work um, for, in terms of Elise becoming more involved and, and effective. But then IU kind of lost his way a bit. But it will come. Um, and what is good, despite this tinkering or tonkering, as uh, whatever Dom's about to tell us is, is the correct uh, French pronunciation, um, we have still negotiated our way through the season and aren't in much threat of not being in the Premier League next season at this point. So, you know, let, let's hope that he spends and has learned from this time. And um, I think that's the key. We've all, we've all said throughout the season, it's going to be a learning experience for, for Vieira. And he is learning. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe he is becoming the, the tonkering morn. The tonkering horn. <laughs> oh, what, what is it, Don? Go on, correct me. You know, you, strangely enough, there isn't a. This must have been a. This dictionary must have been written after Claudio Ranieri's stint at the bridge. <laughs> but I mean, to, to tinker um, with a contract or word or report, or presumably a team as well, is is uh, faire des retouches à or remanier. But I mean, there isn't a tinker man. Okay. Tinker is right next to tinkle, which is what you did with your, just what, you were having your vegan pie the other day. Which yeah. When I heard Gallagher's goal going. When you heard, yeah. <laughs> on, um, on that, I mean, we, we can't we can't have it both ways again. We've, we've said all season that Palace have got very fluid front three. Yeah. So we would expect... Take players to swap positions. I mean, if, if that's their skill, if that's if that's you know, if Edwell wants to drift left and Wolf wants to drift central, and I suspect Wolf does. I mean, there was a period last night where poor old Tayo was left completely yeah, on his own on yeah, the left because Wolf was playing as a central striker in what was looked more like a four-four-two, but there was no four in the middle. Um, it was really odd, but I, I mean. It, I, I, I agree again with Jack. I think there are some players in that Palestine that would benefit from a, a, a run in a set position. But but I don't think that's really 
I think the squad is necessary in that place. If you see what I mean? I mean, I think Benteke would love to be playing through the middle every week and playing as a conventional number nine. I imagine that Jean-Philippe Mateta would as well. But when you've got Alise, you've got Wolf, you've got Ayu, you can all sort of drift in and out of these positions. You've even got Gallagher who wants to play in about three different positions as well. Um, it, it's difficult to accommodate both scenarios, I think, possibly. You either have a fluid front line or you don't. And at the moment, we sort of don't, we're having a bit of a mishmash of both. And sometimes within games, we're having a mishmash of both, which mm, it, it feels a bit awkward. But, you know, again, it's, has any have any of those strikers actually have actually you know grabbed a game by the scruff of the net and saying I must be your first choice striker for a run of 10 15 games I, I don't think they have they've all had little flurries of form yeah um even the goals that Edouard was scoring um at the turn of the year I don't he wasn't his performances weren't demanding his inclusion every week Mateta likewise and Benteke as we've said numerous times his cameos haven't been particularly impressive last night was actually probably his 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 best cameo yet and he probably only played two minutes yeah yeah so well we will come on we have questions about strikers i think they will pop up in a minute um dom i i know you looked in your dictionary there um according to google translate tinker to tinker is bricole bricole yeah and uh that means actually to be a a, like a merchant i think right okay well tinker man has come up as a bricoleur so um I might go with that. Selling something then, which is just completely Uh, different. Yeah, I mean, oh well, we'll work it out. I'll have we'll we'll work it out. But (laughs) in in future, can we get Dom to pronounce French words, JD? Because that was horrible. That was we've done nothing for kind of UK French relations with that absolute butchering of the French language. There, do it again. Bricolet. Bri- it sounds like bricklayer. What are you, you saying? Bricolet. Yeah, Bricolet. Yeah. Bricolet. I'm trying to do the roll of the R's. Like, yeah. Bricolet. 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 I did A-level French. You wouldn't know, would you? I mean, I did, get, I did get an E. I did get an E. It was very difficult. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, Bricolet. Bricolet. You're, anyway. you're through to Duolingo podcasts <laughs> with JD. <laughs> right. I'll go and work on my French accent in the break and we'll come back and we'll do our winners and losers after this. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. 
Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Uh, hello, welcome back. Sorry, bienvenue à le podcast FYP. Or podcast. I don't, I don't think that's right. Um, anyway, it's part two. It's winners and losers. We're going to make this available to uh, the public this week. Um, but normally it's available just to patrons at patreon.com slash FYP podcast. If you like the sound of this one here each week, please do sign up uh, for that and post-match pods and more. Jack, let's come to you for your winner first, please. Yeah, I'm going to focus on the Watford game being probably the most... Um, impressive result of the three and uh, I'm, I'm giving it to Wilf I, I think I actually think Wilf's been playing quite well the last few weeks but he does he does get you know criticism from from people around me at the ground and then you look at socials and people are saying he he's not doing enough but I, I want to focus on on his performance at Watford specifically and 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 the boss actually came out and said how well he played and felt that it was his most complete performance since he's been manager at Palace which I think is is very um, noteworthy praise for um, in relation to a relationship that I think we've all noted that they do speak to each other a lot between yeah. uh, sorry during games and sometimes it's not especially positive um, that you know there do seem to be some heated words between the two of them but that kind of feedback combined with the hug at Norwich makes me think that it's 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 a good working relationship at the moment um, but to cap off what what Vieira referred to as his best overall performance in, in his time as Palace manager. Um, the two goals at Watford, given the abuse that Watford fans love to dish out to Will, <laughs> given the history between our greatest ever player and the most annoying mascot in football, uh, <laughs> I was delighted that Wilf capped off um, a, a performance with with two lovely goals. His, his uh, first was... If, if he does want to play through the middle, that's the type of finish you would expect of a striker yeah. to get the ball out of his feet yeah. and just to get the shot on target and make it difficult for a keeper to, to get down. Um, and his second one, that was a lovely finish. And his uh, take from a very good pass from MacArthur to the finish was about as, as complete a finish as you would expect from uh, a Premier League uh, attacker of that quality and really did cap off a, a fantastic uh, a fantastic night for Palace. You know, perhaps 4-1 did flatter us slightly. Um, but for Wilf to score those two there against that lot, um, yeah, I, I, I was I was delighted, to be honest. So, um, he, he is my winner. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, you couldn't really ask better, really, in terms of who it was against and the goals. And, and I mean, there are some Watford fans filming from the home end, the goal going in, and then for some reason uploading it. Why? I mean, why would it go back to the uh, FFS Murray from years ago? Why would you upload it? But it's well, just, just, a sh- just a sorry, JD, to interrupt, but a, a shout out to my favourite one of, of those guys that was recording at Watford. And I think I've already watched about a thousand videos of Watford fans who were recording the game. Um, but my favourite one, uh, was actually of Gallagher's goal where uh, when uh, Tyreek Mitchell's cross hits Will Hughes, he starts singing, that's why we sold you, <laughs> which is just was terrible in its first place. And then as Tyreek plays a lovely kind of half volley cross back across the area, he goes, oh no, he's going to score. And he <laughs> cushions it beautifully and smashes it in the top corner. And uh, somebody um, has uh, laid on top of that the, uh, the wonderful music from Curb Your Enthusiasm. So if that video is still available... Do go and treat yourself because it's a lovely 30-second watch. We will find that and tweak that out. That sounds absolutely fun. They're a funny old bunch of Watford fans, aren't they? But Who uh, would live in an area like that? Who, That's what I, I know. Who would? Just outside of Watford, which is obviously much more salubrious <laughs> um, rather than Watford City Centre. Um, Dom, who's your winner from the week? Um, I, 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 I'm tempted to say... Gay and Anderson as a sort of partnership. Um, I think they've they've really come along hugely um, of of late. Uh, I think Anderson's demonstrating slightly more author- authority in the air. I think obviously there was a three very different tests in in that week, yeah. um, and the Burnley one. In, in I know they conceded a a goal, an unfortunate goal, but but. I mean, Bernie only had one shot, I think, on on target. And that that was a header from a corner, but but generally speaking, to keep a team like that who have caused us major issues in the last two seasons, um, what a very different defence, obviously, but but with their prowess in the air and and given you know V course presence in that in that Burnley team, that 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 was encouraging and, and just show that they they can sort of. I don't know, mix it about a bit and and compete physically with 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 teams in, in very different different contexts. But I don't think either of them had particularly good games with the ball against Stoke. Um, I thought their for them their passing was a bit awry. But then I think that sort of summed up the the whole team's approach. I thought I thought generally speaking our passing was a bit off and a, a bit slow and a bit inaccurate, a bit sloppy basically. Um, but but generally speaking, uh, we we know that they've got that that ability to to open teams up from the back and to and to yeah spark our forays upfield basically, and they, everything starts with them. So there's there's great promise to be had in that partnership. Gay's captaincy is is brilliant. I'm yeah. so glad that he's yeah. he's got the armband because I think he's he's he could be a, a long term leader for for Crystal Palace and for. And beyond, you know, for national teams, etc. I know he's got the under twenty ones armband already, but I think he's that good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's good. And I, I, I love, I love the fact that 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 I know Chelsea won at Sellers with that last goal, uh, last last minute goal. But people, Chelsea people who were watching that match will have seen Mark Gay's performance, and there would have been a source of regret they let him go, yeah. particularly with their own problems at centre half um, this season in terms of contract negotiations. So that for me, shows how well he's doing. Absolutely, yeah. Um, uh, and I think uh, having him have the armband, I think, just just feels right. It just feels right. Um, Gareth Richards has 
uh, message in saying, goal line clearance. I want more of that, says Gareth from California. Um, Thank you, Gareth. But I'm not sure I do, Gareth. I don't want more. No. I don't want more. It was a lovely clearance, but he was also kind of at fault for the fact that the ball fell and Butler was out of goal. But anyway, I, I didn't play. really realise that that particular instance last night. We kind of made a real mess that. Butler came for a punch to cross he didn't need to. He made an awful punch. Um, and nobody really covered themselves in glory. So it really was a... Uh, quite the drastic action Anderson had to take there. And yeah, that <laughs> no more. <laughs> sorry, Gareth, I disagree. Yeah, sorry, Gareth. But we hope you're having fun in California. And thanks for, thanks for listening in. Um, so I'll move on to my winner then, as there's only three of us. So my winner is going to be um, Teo Adaramola, uh, who obviously got his first start for Palace at left back, having come on in the previous round, I think it was, um, off the bench. It's and hardly Paul, yeah. Yeah. I don't think he had the the, the the best of games, but I do think a lot of that was possibly due to being exposed a lot down the left. And, and in fact, for the goal, did sort of get dragged out. Uh, and then Hughes obviously sort of goes in the hole to cover and gets uh, beaten by Sawyers. Uh, and then Lise loses his match. So a couple of errors there across the back. But I think really sort of overall held his own, you know, not an easy game really to start in your first start. And I think held his own. And I know the club have got sort of high hopes for him and it's another sort of fantastic left back off the, uh, off the Academy conveyor. But so I think he can be very, very proud. You know, he and his family, very proud of the progress he's making. And I think Palace fans should be proud of him as well and hope to see more of him. Did say this in the post-match pod, be nice. Maybe if he was a right back, you know, we're now sort of stacked at left back and then maybe if he could play at right back as well, that'd be nice. But obviously we know we've got our issues there, but I think it's nice to see another young lad coming through doing very well. Um, and he's an Irish international, I believe as well. I saw someone tweet that his first, his nickname should be Tato rather than Tato, which is a terrible pun, but I'll allow it being half Irish as well. But it's nice to see, um, a youngster come through and fair play to him. Hopefully we see more of him uh, throughout the, the rest of the season. So, you know, well done, Teo Adamrola. I think it's nice to see that. He, he that did improve as the game went on last night. His, he Particularly physically, um, he, he, he got to grips quite quickly in, in terms of how physical Stoke were and, and, and got the better of them a few times, particularly in the start of the second half. Um, and I, yeah, I, I thought he... He did really well. You, you wonder what his progress is in terms of next season. Would a loan spell perhaps benefit him more than being yeah. second choice at Palace? Would he need? Does he need some more first team football? I mean, he's played two first team games, so for him to be deputy left back next season at Palace would be quite the jump. Um, so you, you do wonder whether those at the club who look after loan arrangements might be considering whether he and, and maybe some others in that under twenty three group might be better off playing either Championship or League One. Dom, Dom might know more, but I I, I just wonder. And, and talked oh, to my sorry for him. home last night about that his progress. Yeah. I, I I did I felt a bit sorry for for him. I thought he was, I mean I only I was, it's amazing amazing vantage point from the, the upper homestyle when you can actually see the the pitch and the formation down the down the the pitch towards the White Horse Lane. It's it's incredible for sort of working out who's playing where, and. I I thought he you know he he started I actually thought, thought he started okay for the first few minutes defensively but then he the, the sort of build up of frustration largely from Wilf because Wilf wasn't having the same combinations with Tyre that he has with Mitchell yeah. and there was one there was one moment particularly where um, I think that's maybe half an hour thirty five minutes in where. Wolf through was was waving his arms in so so evident was his frustration that Tayo hadn't either I can't remember whether he hadn't passed the ball into where he wanted Wolf wanted it or hadn't made the run the overlapping run down the the flank and it seemed to affect him it seemed to 
he sort of shrunk in on himself for a bit and and for a while there was a there was a 20 minute period where everything was going backwards so he was getting the ball and every every pass was going back to either center half or the goalkeeper he wasn't looking forwards anymore and we in fact played for him to come, for coming out of his shell second half and 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 pushing on but that was i think largely because wolf completely left him alone liberated him this went off and did his thing centrally or tried to and there was this vast expanse in front of Tayo when when he when he did get the ball. Um, it, I don't think it was an easy experience for him at all. You're, I think you're right. I think it was a really difficult opponent um, playing three at the back and 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 sitting deep and and not really offering him the chance to express himself in the way that he probably wants to. But you know, it's an education. It's it's a, yeah, yeah. it's a first start. It's you know, it's a, it's a it's a chance for him to to learn. It'll definitely be a better player for it. Um, and yeah, I mean, hopefully he has got a bright view. I know they they really rate him within the club, and I agree with you, Jack. I think possibly next season a loan a loan spell with regular first team football, maybe at Championship level, would would do would do him wonders. But but to do that, Palace need cover. Yeah. Um, and I suppose you could argue that given they played three left backs at, over the course of that evening on Tuesday, they they have cover of some kind. Tale of three left backs. <laughs> the tale of three left backs. If I wasn't going with Monsieur Brucolet. No, absolutely, and a um, shout out to my mate Owen, who who came out that the uh, the Victor Hugo book that never came to uh, fruition. <laughs> Tale of Three Left Backs. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com/slash commercials. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hey, it's Jesse Kelly. We are, for the most part, a reactionary society. If your neighbor has a break-in, you think about getting an alarm. If your buddy gets laid off, you say, I better buckle down at work. If banks start closing, you may want to ask yourself if you should keep most or all of your money in a bank. It may be time for a portfolio protection plan. It may be time to have a little personal gold reserve. Go to www.oxfordgoldgroup.com to learn more. I'll do my loser quickly then, Jack. I'll come on to yours. My loser is uh, the fans in the front for a few front rows of the main stand who I think got absolutely, so, um, by all accounts, got absolutely soaked. But... Uh, 
fair play to you. Terrible legroom and soaked as well. So that, that's not a great experience and not a great game. But uh, yeah, well done for sticking it out. Not that you have much of a choice. Um, Jack, who's your losers? I don't know what our weekly, our weekly wage bill is, but can we not afford a guttering company to come yeah. and do a bit of work at the top of the main stands? It, it's, it's not a great look, is it? Um, yeah. Um, look, I, I I struggled with my lose this week. You know, I, I want to kind of be positive in that I, I I do feel retrospectively it's been a it's been a good week. You know, we, we're okay in the league. Um, we are making progress in the FA Cup. So actually, I'm going to make my loser myself in reference to a comment I made uh, perhaps last week. I think it was last week in relation to Gyro Riedervald, who I said I doubt we'll see him again this season. <laughs> and hey, who am I to say? that I have any impact on Patrick Vieira's selection choices. But I think he may well have listened and said, I'll tell you what, Jack Pierce, I'm putting him on. And on he came at left back, which was was surprising. Um, I thought he would, uh, I thought he might have gone into midfield, but uh, he, he pushed Jeffrey Schlapp into midfield and, and Jaro went left back. And I have to say that is about as, as composed a finish yeah. um, as you would like to see. And, and I guess offered an insight into how technically gifted that guy is. There, there was the, the touch of class about that finish and and good on him. First goal at Selhurst um, and, and a lovely moment in, in, a, in a game that didn't provide many highs for Palace fans, albeit the result was, was a positive one. That that was a real memory to um, take away. And uh, me and, and my lot who were watching the game all together, um, to be honest, fell about, as much as we were celebrating, we also fell about laughing because we had all just given Vieira an absolute tirade in terms of that double sub of Luca and Gyro. So uh, I felt uh, humble pie was was the appropriate meal after the game. Let's put it that way. But good on Gyro. And um, that's why I'm making myself the loser for this week. Can, on this pod this week, can you also say that I really doubt Mateta will score 25 goals this season as well? <laughs> Well, this season might be a push, but I'll say it before the start of next season. How about that? Okay. <laughs> Assuming he's still here. Um, Dom, loser slash losers. Well, I'll, I'll reiterate that I don't like the term loser. I think that's really yeah, unfair. I'm and sorry, you're putting in horrific to... positions here. <laughs> it does. What should we rebrand it? We need to rebrand. What should we call it? Non, non-winners? Well, I mean, what? I don't know what to call it. That doesn't make sense, does it? Let's do this brainstorming session off pod. All yes, right, production uh, meeting. People are there. interested in Okay, this. fine. Right. Um, I would say... Uh, a couple, two groups, um, and again, <laughs> Vicente Greita, um has not played in a, any of these games. I think I'm right in saying he's not played since he came off at halftime against Chelsea, mm-hmm. um, suffering oh, yeah. discomfort in his knee. And I, I just thought some of the comments that Patrick Vieira made post-match were slightly barbed on on Vicente. He he told me he he couldn't play on. Um, and I, I'm not suggesting there's an issue there. Um, I, he, he did sort of suggest that possibly Vicente Guaita is still his first choice in the pre-match of the Stoke game. And, and I, I suspect you'd argue that, that Butler would always have started that match against his former club. And he's played in the FA Cup in the previous round. So so we shouldn't probably read too much into the, the selection against Stoke. But I, I do wonder whether a, 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 a seed has been sown of a seed of doubt has been sown in Padriera's head over Vicente and uh, whether he can rely on, him, rely on him as much as we possibly thought he could. Um, but the other one, I mean, the ones that I think, I think if, you, if you'd come to us on Tuesday last week and said, um, how many minutes will Odson Edouard <laughs> and 
Eberichieze play in these three fixtures, I think I think we would have all have said, oh, they'll, they'll probably all start against Stoke. They'll probably come on in cameos in the other two matches. So, you know, you're probably talking all in all, you might play 90 minutes. The reality is they played one minute between them, and that was Edouard coming on as a substitute in the last minute at Watford. To me, that that's about surprising. 10 seconds. Yeah, that, that surprises me. And, and it suggests that... Well, it surprises me. I'm not going to say what it suggests. I mean, you can read into it what you will. I, I think it's, uh, it's they're in a very, very difficult position with Eze because it's a vicious circle. Really, they they they, they desperately want to put him onto a pitch, pitch when Palace are three 0 up and cruising, and there's absolutely he can just go in there and express himself and try and get his match fitness up and and the pace and the rhythm of a game into his legs. Um, Palace are not going to be three 0 up in any of their foreseeable matches realistically when you look at the fixture list you know Wolves away City at home Newcastle away Arsenal at home Leicester away Everton away possibly Leeds at home in 23rd although I mean Bielsa's gone now so God knows I mean it's so it's difficult for him to to get the opportunities that he wants it's probably difficult for Vieira to give him the opportunities like to give him um, but I imagine there's a real frustration welling up in in Eze at the moment that he's not getting chances. And Odson Edouard is, I imagine, similar because he had that little run of form, that little burst of form, as we said earlier in the year, where we thought he was getting back to his something akin to the the form he trained in the autumn, and it hasn't. It sort of petered out. I, <laughs> There was an argument that he could have played in that game against Stoke, but not in the formation that Palace started with, because we know that he can't play as a lone forward, and Palace played with a lone forward in the in the opening exchanges. They changed it later on. In the latter stages, it was more of a 4-3-3. Maybe he comes into that and operates off the left. Um, but I think they're really struggling to to in, integrate him into the formation that they, that they want to play, um, and it doesn't really look as if it brings the best out of his skills i i don't know what is the best one maybe maybe as a two maybe he plays off another player i don't know it's 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 a really interesting one but for him to have contributed one minute in those three fixtures i think is surprising yeah and it was a nightmare for my fantasy team as well because it meant living men toasted on the bench um but to be honest uh jack we had loads of questions about about this as you can imagine i'll rattle a few off um jcpse jack says uh love Vieira, but what does edward have to do to get minutes david byers mateta's hold up play simply wasn't good enough tonight benteke offers more he even showed that in his late cameo decent chance for him or edward saturday uh paul decent hashtag free benteke um total tech soccer camps JPM, Eduardo Menteke on a sinking ship. Who does PV give the last two life jackets to? Wow, that's a bit bleak. Um, but actually, John, Don made a good point there. And I guess it's an age-old question for managers. It's you've got your personnel and you've got your system. And which one gives way? Do you do you tweak your system to bring in your personnel? Or do you change your personnel to fit your system? Because that seems to be the the, 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 the dilemma that um, PV has at the moment with his forward line. Well, I'll just quickly touch on Eze in, in relation to that question. I, I thought trialling this system of the 10 as he did against Chelsea and he did against Stoke last night and we haven't seen Eze actually in that central position in either of those two games albeit Chelsea he did come on but he played in that weird right and I'm still convinced that the players didn't strictly know where who where each other were going in that one but last night I, I, I you know I, I, as Don says ideally we're two and a half at half time and you give him 45 minutes and and he comes on and, and plays wonderfully and gets minutes in his legs and, and great. But yeah, I, I don't know when Eze's going to get minutes. He didn't, he wasn't involved in the under-23 squad for the Brighton game the other day. So Vieira clearly wants him with the first team. 
and wants to give him minutes in the first team. But as Dom says, when they're going to come, who knows? Um, but we all know that we're not going to see glimpses of the Eze that we saw last season, probably until next season. I think we, we will just accept it, but it would be nice to see him get some minutes to assist that recovery. In terms of the strikers, it is really confusing and perplexing, to be honest, how we've kind of got to this position where Jean-Philippe Matetza is his preferred go-to through the middle. Um, but to be fair to the guy, he has provided moments which would give the manager reason to stick with him. I didn't think he was particularly good last night. I didn't think he he really offered much and I'm some, somewhat surprised that he lasted as long as he did and Benteke only got the three or four minutes that he did at the end. But the, Edward, you've seen glimpses from Edward that you think, what a player. The problem that Odson has is that the position where he's provided those moments from is the position in which our greatest ever player plays. And I, I if you ask me, if you ask most Palace fans, it's Will for... Odson Edward on that left-hand side of the three, you're going to go with Wolf every time. And I haven't seen anything from Odson Edward so far through the middle that makes me think he will be able to do what is needed of a central striker, but particularly a central striker in that system. Um, and maybe it's recency bias, the fact that Benteke had a very good three or four minutes when he came on last night. But I wouldn't be surprised if we if we see Benteke um, in, in, in the next few games. Um, that said, Edward from the left with Wolf centrally could well be an approach that works against the Wolves or a City in the next two league games. So we'll see. We'll see. But um, I guess Vieira's got the rest of the season to figure out what he wants to do because if there are decisions to be made, they need to be made in the summer and they need to be made quickly. That yeah. was Benteke's first appearance since for a month. Since well, when did he last? He came on, on 10 minutes against Hartlepool. Oh, wow. of course. Really? So it's 15 minutes. Yeah, 13 minutes against Liverpool, mm-hmm. 10 minutes against Hartlepool. Yeah. Played nine minutes at Brighton. He played, well, he came on midway through the second half at Millwall and was pretty dire, actually. Yeah, didn't do um, anything in that one. And then West, um, West Ham was his last start. Started, wasn't it? Yeah, that was his last start. It lasted yeah. 68 minutes against West Ham. Um, yeah. It's, 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 it's difficult. I mean, you know, I can't be hypocritical, you know, given what we said about the fluid front line and, and the options, etc. But, but yeah, it's it's it, the obsession with it does appear to be more of an obsession with with Mateta, and I, and I there are people at Palace who who like Mateta and who think that Mateta more than Benteke offers this ability to run in behind, um, but he almost doesn't show that all very often. He, 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 there are occasions when he does, and he has moments in games where he. You think, look at him, think, wow, look, Palace have got a right bargain here. But there are other times where you think, bloody hell, Palace have been absolutely stung here. <laughs> it's it's bizarre. Um, but I suppose, you know, that's why a club like Mainz were willing to let him go. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, I almost wonder if Palace, because the the, the offer, the price had gone down, they, they thought they could get him in, hopefully improves a little bit, and then maybe make a profit on him in a year or 18 months' time, or something like that, because the price was so low, and hope that he has a good run of form and catches the eye of another European team. Which, to be honest, I mean, he might do. He is, he is scoring goals and getting assists. He, ha- he is having goal involvements, even if they're not always the best. It was clearly a shot last night and not a pass, and the one against Watford was going to nestle in Foster's arms before it took a deflection. But the stats will say that he is having goal involvements. JD, I don't think, um, I don't think Benteke takes that shot against Watford. I yeah, think he tries to not. do something probably what might some might consider to be cleverer, smarter use of the ball. 
because yeah. he probably thinks the odds are against me scoring here. But Mateta, his instinct is to get it a shot away, and, and he got it away. And as you say, um, it, it flew past Foster via a deflection. So there are things to it's like about Mateta, isn't it? There's a, yeah. the, the, the other yeah. thing, the, the, the flip side of that is that when Benteke comes on, comes on against Stoke, Stoke have a late free kick, which gets flung into the box, and it's Benteke who heads Dominates. it away. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mateta doesn't do that. To be honest, he didn't win a header all night, really, of any yeah. night. No, they've all got their strengths and weaknesses. But uh, play the ball it's, then. It's which it's which strength and weakness you want, isn't it? Somebody, somebody near me the other day said, "Oh, if you had the if you combine them all, they'd be the perfect striker." And I turned around and said, "But they wouldn't be playing for Palace." Well, That's no, the, quite. You know, if you had if you had that, he's worth 120 million. And he's He's playing in the Champions League. Also, also, you'd be playing God for that. I mean, who has the right to combine all this? I mean, tell me what machine you're using and I will shut it down immediately. Um, (laughs) Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Great winners and losers there. Obviously, that's open to the public this week uh, as a special sort of, you know, uh, bonus and uh, bumper episode. But if you want to hear those most weeks, they're available only to our patrons at patreon.com slash FIP podcast. After the break, questions. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. We pod four one eight, and it's time for questions. We guys, we have actually answered most of the questions in the first two parts. We're, we're just too good at this. We're just too good at this. But we've got a couple left over. Here's one. This is for you, Dom. That it's a slightly different subject. We don't get asked most most weeks, but now seems like a good time to do it, seeing as we covered most of the other questions from the Cafe E Pitufo account. So that feels like a local business. We're just shouting out local businesses this week. So um, I don't know where they're based. The Cafe E Petufo. Yeah, but, uh, I've had a question this week from Santander Banking. The question is from Mr. E Musk. Um, and this is, uh, the question says, um, is it time the pre-match press conference is put out to pasture? No real relevant questions asked during 
regarding the team, except who is injured, who isn't. No Palace interested journos asking questions, e.g., what's happening? Ari, Eze, Edward, Benteke, and lack of game time. Um, I know that they've changed, pretty much pressed have changed now because most of them are on Zoom, aren't they? As opposed to sort of in person when they used to be. And, and that's probably a slightly unfair one because there are obviously lo- Palace based local journos at various uh, local papers and websites and stuff who probably are asking those kind of questions. But from a journo point of view, have pretty much presses changed and are, are they as effective as maybe they used to be? Well, a couple of points on that. First of all, the Premier League is, has now reinstated in-person press conferences as of, as right. of this week. So hopefully Friday, um, I imagine it'd be my colleague Matt who, who goes down to Beckenham to to sit in, in the little room they've got there for, for press conferences to speak with Patrick Vieira face-to-face for what would only be, I think, the second time um, after the Academy launch. Um, the other aspect of the question, uh, the relevance of the, of the questions... You, you have to realise that you're only seeing half the press conference. You're only seeing the broadcast section of the press conference. The broadcasters, that's Sky, that's TalkSport, um, that's the BBC. Um, I mean, in fairness to some of those guys, and, and I know Alex Howell in particular, with his Palace connections, he asks, they ask some bloody good questions about Palace. But they're often after sound bites on wider issues. They're not after, you know, why is... Nathaniel Klein not quite as quick as he used to be, or you know, you know, why why is Joachim Anderson's diagonal ball delivery not quite what it was a month ago? That that, that isn't what they're after. They're after they're often after after um answers, sound bites from a figure as prominent and famous as Patrick Vieira on very, very general things. So that might be this week. You know, third world war. It, it might be that it, 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 it is the general issues that, that, that these guys want their their sound bites for for the, the the rolling news channels on on Sky or for the BBC website or or, or whatever or, or for for clips on Talksport or Five Live, whatever. Once that section is closed down, the newspaper guys and the online guys um, in Palace's case get a completely different section, which isn't recorded, which which punters don't see, but they read about. So, again, if Matt wants to, I think this week he's, he, he might be writing something on Nat Klein, he will ask Patrick Vieira about Nat Klein specifically in that section. So you may get the impression that, that there are people out there, all these journalists aren't asking specific Palace questions. The, the ones you're hearing from, are not necessarily after specific palace answers. That's the pro- that's that's the issue, and you have to bear that in mind. I know it's not marketed that way, and the clubs, all the clubs, are not putting palace. I'm not saying that they're they're they're, they're different. They're not exceptional. That that all the clubs put out the broadcast sections of their press conferences. As far as I know, they may be live. They may be on their YouTube channel slightly later. There may be a slight delay. I think Arsenal have got a delay of a couple of hours or something. And you, um, but but those are. And they marketed it as, oh, watch the press conference. Well, you're not actually seeing all of the press conference. You're seeing the bit that they want you to see from the broadcasters, which is also being peddled onto the onto Sky Sports News, etc. So just be a bit wary. They they are of value. I will I will sit here and defend press conferences um and the access that journalists get to the clubs until the day I die. That's we need that. We don't have it anymore. I when I started off in journalism and I was sent off to Merseyside to cover Liverpool and Everton back in 2000 or 2001 there were people on the patch who'd been 
covering that, those clubs for 25 years, 30 years at that point. And they would tell me stories of going down to Melwood, the training ground, and having a cup of tea, uninvited, having a cup of tea with Bill Shankly um, and, and shooting the breeze and, and building a relation, going to the pub across the road from Melwood um, with the players after training and sitting there having a pint with someone and talking to them uh, face-to-face about football. Now, it was completely alien to me when I started out because that, that access, that level of access had been completely shut down. Everything was going in-house. Now, 20 years on from that, and you can imagine the progression that's come. I actually am very surprised that press conferences are, are being reopened. I, I, I genuinely yeah, yeah, thought yeah. and feared that the Zoom, it would just be a Zoom thing <laughs> and that the clubs would be able to shut us out effectively from training grounds. The amount, I know they don't like it. I know they don't like it. I know they don't like you know, journalists loitering in the car park and and having a chat with a player as he walks from one building to the other. It happens at every club. And, and just having that little insight of how a club ticks, how a club operates, is invaluable for offering, for, for, for giving a journalist a chance to offer something that the, the, that the readers or viewers don't know. I mean, that's, that has got to be the essence of what our journalism is about. You know, we can tell you things that you don't, no and if we if if we were going to be shut out then to me that would have been well it would have it would have been the beginning of the end or the continuation of a of a process that has gone from going to the pub with the players to being shouted at for looking at the players and that's happened to me as well um it's it's invaluable that we don't we have to get back in there so it's great news that the football writers association and uh and the premier league um, have really have really pushed to get this done. It's been happening in the EFL for a long time, by the way. It's, it's there've been face to face press conferences happening across EFL clubs for a long time um, through the last you know months of the uh, of the pandemic. But it's really really important, and, and and I just hope that I hope that people don't just think that you know the general questions that are being asked in that is is, is all we want to find out about because it isn't. If you read what the local journalists and there's some brilliant ones who cover palace they're absolutely brilliant ones i mean i'll i'll shout out my colleague matt Wiesem all the time but have a look at edmund brack's stuff absolutely outstanding uh, young journalist who's really making waves um matt's young it's got great ideas these guys are, are, are covering palace on a daily basis you know richard corley at the south london press when he when he ventures into palace territory absolutely outstanding journalist and i've, and I've probably been horrifically unfair on others out there as well who who, who offer real insight and, and are worth following on twitter and they're, it's worth reading their copy um and it will always be worth reading their coffee copy not coffee. Don't read their coffee. That'd be awful. Um, but read their copy, and you, you will learn things. You you genuinely will learn things. Um, I learn things when I read their copy. Um, it's it's uh, and, and and yeah, great news that the presses are, are opening up again. And um, yeah, don't get hoodwinked into thinking that that we're just interested in what Patrick Vieira had for breakfast. It's true, and it's why you need to make sure you're across all Palace coverage, written, uh, broadcast, whatever. Um, it was the same when I used to do. Journal stuff and um, Roy was in charge. Everyone wanted his opinion on England because he was a former England match. So, yeah, what do you think about England, this, Southgate, this, and whatever? And yeah, I understand that. But for the more local angles, make sure you are following the local people that do cover Palace day to day because that those local issues that you care about as a fan, they will be being asked and they will be covered, especially if some of those guys literally are Palace fans. So, they'll be thinking like you as well. Um, but yeah, thank you, Dom. That was that was very interesting and uh, I appreciate you uh, giving us your thoughts on that. Um, 
couple more questions then, I think, before we go on to the Wolves game. Uh, okay, here's one, Jack. Wait, uh, did we... Do we talk about Jack Butland in, in the uh, earlier in the pod? Not really. really. We touched on him, breathed on, mentioned about uh, Vinny and, and... Yeah, that's right. We didn't really go into Jack. Oh. Come on then, really quickly then. Uh, PC-wise, when will Butland finally get his clean sheet? Didn't realise he hadn't had yes. one yet. Uh, and Friedman, 72. I hate Ducky. Um, uh, is anybody concerned yet with Butland in goal? Howler at Millwall. Ooh. Uh, goal from a corner at Watford. Oh, a bit harsh. Um, and yesterday's punching the ball to a Stoke player and following Anderson's rescue. Oh, I'm not convinced at all. Jack, from one Jack to another. What about you? <laughs> yeah, there are not concerns, but there are elements of his game where it does make me think that if, if Vinny goes, maybe Jack's not the one to come in and, and maybe they'd be looking at Getting another number, uh, getting another number one in, but um, I've seen enough for him that I don't wince when I see his name on the team sheet like yeah. I, I did with um, with previous um, occupants of the gloves. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I I I think he's done well to come back. I don't think many really appreciate quite the journey he went on at Stoke. You know, yeah. you're looking at a guy there who, in the summer of 2018, was England's number two at a World Cup. Um, and prior to that World Cup, there were conversations about whether it would be Pickford or Butland as as number one. Nick Pope was also involved in that conversation. But you know, there was a guy who was contender for number one at a World Cup. Within a year, he lost his Premier League status. His form had gone out the window at Stoke, but he'd maintained the the gloves at Stoke, stayed at Stoke, didn't get a move in the summer, and his form in the Championship in Stoke's first season down was horrendous. He lost, and I think he's gone on the record and said how difficult a time he had. And and basically the move to Palace, um, from a Palace perspective, looks a very good piece of business. But from him, he's gone from a keeper who was, or a, a football player who was reading his name uh, along the lines of a £20 million transfer, £25 million transfer. And I think, Don, do tell me if I got this wrong, but I think we got him in the ballpark of £1 to £2 million in yeah. the end. That, you know, it, we got him for peanuts in comparison to what he was being linked with. Uh, and also, no disrespect to Palace, but he was being linked with, with clubs far higher up the Premier League than, than Palace. And as eventually has come to Palace very clearly as Palace's number two. So I think we've seen a, a recovery in, in Jack that is, is a positive. I, I think to see him in the form he's in at the moment, albeit there have been a few moments where, you know, he has covered himself in glory. I think we're seeing a keeper far closer to the Jack Butland of maybe summer 2018 than we are of the keeper that perhaps we signed um, in, in January 20... Uh, when did we sign him? January 21? I think he's been with us just over so, a yeah. year. You yeah. know, so I, I, I think he he's much closer to the keeper that he was at his peak. Um, and I'm very comfortable with, his, with him as number two and a number one when he needs to be. Um, but, you know, if, if Vinny's injury does go away quickly, I'd, I'd imagine he will be um, back in the back in the team as soon as possible, but the longer that Jack has, the the longer he has to make the gloves his own. Um, uh, so that's what yeah, that that that's my two pennies worth on Jack Butland. No, that's bang on. Um, October twenty twenty apparently, uh, according to Soccer Base, he joined. Oh, that, that he, makes yeah that 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 window at the start of that delayed season that makes sense. Yeah, and he has had a clean sheet, Hartlepool. Of course. So uh, and I think oh. as well, it's it, obviously. Um, uh, the errors, uh, Friedman 72, pointed out some of those errors, fair enough. If we're going to do that, we should also mention the fact that he was fantastic against Brighton um, and has put in some 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 great displays so far. It made 10 appearances already this season, actually, which is sort of feels like more than I thought it was going to be. So um, I'm like you, not uh, despondent when his name is read out on the team sheet at all. I think a much more sort of uh, 
for me, reliable backup and uh, has done a job it, when, it, when called upon. Look, in a week where a replacement goalkeeper has come on, not saved one of 11 penalties <laughs> and skied the 11th his own team's taken, I don't think Palace fans should be really questioning Oi, get off my turf. keeper. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, I'm, I, this is the second week in a row I've tried to talk about Chelsea more than Palace, but uh, yeah. <laughs> and also, Please talk about Chelsea more. I don't want to. Oh, <laughs> God, also, they're ruining my life. <laughs> that's also quite apt because the previous uh, number two custodian, his last kick for Palace was also blazing over football. Still travelling there. There is a risk. NASA have identified a risk that yeah. um, Kepa's penalty may well meet Wayne Hennessy's penalty <laughs> in future and it, it could be pretty bad things. But uh, yeah, no, uh, yeah, I, I think Jack Bunland is is a good guy as well. I, I like I like the way he kind of does his business for Palace, I, I, I think it's, uh, I, I think it's, he's a, he's a good egg to have in the, in the squad. I think. I agree. Although the less about Jack Butland doing his business, probably the, the better. I think we well, if you want to pick me up on sentences like that, you, you do it, JD, you, you do what you need to, mate. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, let's, uh, enough of that. Let's, um, let's move on. Well, after the break, we'll, uh, really briefly, and thank you to everyone who sent questions in. Sure. We couldn't ask them all, uh, really briefly, uh, preview the game against Wolves. When it comes to business and meeting travel in Orlando, it's never business as usual. Sure, I could go on for days about all the incredible places to hold your meeting or the innovative industries that will make you feel right at home. But Dr. Michael Edwards of Ocean Insight said it best. Orlando is as much a business capital as an entertainment one. And when work wraps up for the day, the evening is just getting started. I'd love to tell you about all the 46 Michelin-rated restaurants, or the array of outstanding dishes that'll have you coming back again and again. But executive chef Guillaume Rabine of Lake Nona Wave Hotel can sum it up better than me. Orlando has a world of artisans, so you can try incredible cuisines from across the globe. It's so true, and there's so much more. So dive in and see what's happening in Orlando, where the possibilities for business travel are unbelievably real. Learn more at orlandoforbusiness.com. Welcome back to the Final Plan Podcast. We Pod 418. It's time to preview our next game. Uh, Wolves away. Thankfully, this will be the only game we'll review on next week's pod, I think. I don't think there's a midweek game next week. I genuinely can't keep up with all these midweek games. Uh, Wolves away not. at the weekend. Uh, trip to Molyneux, Dom. Um, Wolves uh, will be a test. This, this will be a test, this one. They seem to be sort of back into a little bit of form. Is that right? I don't know. I've necessarily been keeping tabs on them that much, apart from fantasy football-wise. Everyone everyone seems to be putting Wolves defenders into their team at the moment, um, which I actually think the way Palace are playing, not necessarily. I think people might be underestimating, as they did do with Burnley this week and, and Palace against that in FPL, uh, what Palace can offer going forward. But this will be... Uh, a tricky test, won't it, for for Vieira? I love, I love you, JD. I love you so much that your 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 preparation for this game consists of saying, "Yeah, well, Wolves, yeah, they're, they're they're running into form, aren't they? They've lost their last two games." <laughs> there we go. I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, hang on. One of them was against Arsenal. One of them I... was at West Ham. So they're difficult matches. But and the last, t- the Arsenal one was last minute, wasn't it? 
Oh, sorry, do we not count? In that case, we're blooming <laughs> in Europe. Brilliant, fantastic. I <laughs> know oh, that was that was Lacazette, wasn't it? The, yeah, it was. The, yeah, the, the OG, OG, yeah, the OG, yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. They, 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 those two games that they've lost, um, Arsenal away, West Ham away, very very tricky matches. But they're also the, the, against teams immediately around them, and the games that they probably need to get something from to satisfy their ambitions of qualifying for Europe. And they are ahead of Palace in terms of, of that. But, you know, they've already reached the 40-point mark. They're, they're pushing up. They're, they're looking at European qualification. And uh, those are opportunities for them which they didn't quite take. Um, but it, I think it'll be really difficult. I've, I've, um, I went up to Molyneux for a game earlier this season, and um, they are a really awkward team to play against. Really, really strong defensively. Um, they're well marshaled by by Connor Cody, but Kilman has has He's really come on the four. Absolutely yeah, fantastic right. centre half. It's going to be a you know it's going to be a long international career ahead of him potentially as well. And they've 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 actually in the last few weeks they you know they were they were criticised having been very expansive for the first three or four matches of the season and, and not scored a goal in those matches. A bit you know rings quite familiar. Not being quite ruthless enough. Um, they then went back into something more akin to what they've been doing in previous years and, and, and have progressed and have done well. But they've actually now got a few players back fit um, yeah. after after injury issues, which is a problem for Palace, uh, really. I mean, when you see people like Neto and, and uh, Pedenza back in the side, uh, they will they will offer a real threat. And, you know, Raul Jimenez is still... He's, he's playing again and, and doing well. Huang is a is a very very good player. Yeah. Trincao has made his impact on you know at, at times. Um, but they probably made a, bit, a few mistakes in terms of well they probably had to rest a few more players than they would have liked at West Ham at the weekend. So people like Yamantino didn't even get off the bench, yeah. um, which suggests to me that they've they've got a, a decent. Um, I love that guy. Depth as well. I mean, I love they, that guy. They, they, they're good. They're good players. These, these, yeah. This is this is a quality team. Um, but weirdly, I know I've had this feeling for a while, and I don't, I don't quite know why. And I'll probably be, get completely. It's come to nothing, and I'll look an idiot. But I just I've looked at our, our forthcoming games for a while, and I've. And I think we'll get something from Molyneux. I, I don't. I don't quite know. I don't know whether it'll be a point or a, or a victory. But I just think that. Yeah, possibly, possibly underestimating Palace will come into it. Possibly, yeah. they will be desperate to get back to winning ways in this match. Yeah. They they have to, they have to win this game. Um, but they were deep. I thought they weren't particularly convincing against Leicester at home. And, and Leicester had a lot of opportunities. And if it is one of those occasions where Palace actually kick into gear and they demonstrate some of the ruthlessness that that did them so well at Watford, um, then. There's a chance. There is a chance. Well, Jack, I'm, it'll be obviously Mitchell back in a, a left back. Um, I'm guessing Czech, Gallagher, and hopefully Macker in the middle, and then probably Mateta up top with Elise and Wilf either side. Um, that's obviously a stronger team than we played. See, in that Palace team picks itself. What we're talking about all the team three. Like, <laughs> you didn't have to ask any questions. <laughs> well, that's the team that Vieira picks himself, I think. Uh, some Palace fans might have other, uh, other choices to make, but uh, that's obviously a stronger team than, than midweek. Yeah, yeah, and, and actually, it was, you know, we, we touched on Teo getting his debut. It was actually quite nice to see Tyree get the night off because he's played a lot of football this this season. Um, so hopefully, yeah, as you say, he'll, he'll come back in. I, I don't know if Wardy might be available again, but Klein's done nothing to lose his space. Um, so it, it may well still be the same, and and, and uh, that back four has 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 been okay. Um, Vicente Guaita 
possibly back as well. But again, there's a decision for the manager to make there. Um, I, just to touching on, on Dom's point about players coming back, like it could go one way or the other. The worst case scenario is Pedro Neto does come back in from the start. It would be his first start. He's kind of been blooded back by Bruno Lager so far. Um, and it could be his first start and he could, you know, hit the ground running and, and be incredible. Or there may be those teething problems when a player comes back from a, a long-term injury. And, and then as Dom says, that may well present itself as a chance for Palace, but going to be tough, but I'm, I'm kind of with Dom. I'm, I'm, I'm not without hope that we will take something from that game. I, I think it's, if we, if we do what we do well, I, I think there, there's a result to be had for Palace. And, um, you know, I, I consider the Wolves, obviously the City result performance is, is probably the standout result this season. But I thought our performance at home to Wolves in November was mm. was about as complete a performance at home as we've had for a long, long time. Um, so if we could follow that performance in November up with a with a point away at Wolves, I think it, or a, a, maybe even more, um, it would it would be a very good outcome for Palace. So yeah, not without hope this this Saturday and. Uh, as you say, JD, no no games in midweek, so all focus on that 3 p.m. on Saturday. Good, and that makes scheduling next week's pod uh, much easier as well. So we'll be back next week to review that game. I will be at Molyneux. I'm actually going to a game uh, with JD Senior at the weekend as well, so uh, hopefully we'll grab Selzy in and do a post-match pod um, up at Molyneux before. Presuming Selzy's going to be there. Outrageous. He might I'm, be doing so He might be retail therapy for He for might have something else on. I don't. He doesn't really go to many games, to be honest, So, but we'll, hopefully he'll be there. Um, so that, JD, yeah. JD will also know who we'll have in the cup. Very true. Yes, so we can talk about that as well next week. Um, Thursday night is the draw if anyone's interested before yeah. Boreham Wood knock out Everton. <laughs> Hopefully, and then we get Boreham Wood. Um, so that's it. Anyway, yeah, that'll be available post-match to patrons at patreon.com slash FYP podcast. We'll be back next week to review uh, that game, of course, on the main pod. But until then, thanks very much for listening. Uh, Dom, it's been great having you back on. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me, JD. Top man. And uh, Jack, lovely as ever, always to have you. Uh, on the podcast thank you for having me too jd (laughs) (laughs) and uh, thanks to our listeners enjoy the rest of your week whatever you do and uh fingers crossed that palace can continue this last week's good run into the weekend uh and that's it take care goodbye Podcast Network.